0: Well, friends, welcome back to the Strategic Imagination Sandbox podcast. Uh, my name is Greg Klimovitz. I'm here again with our guests from the last episode as we continue to talk a little bit about uh, how in Clarity can uh, support our work as leaders in collaboration and to sustain energy. So again, welcome back, Stacey, Haley, and Alicia. Glad to be back. Yeah,
1: thanks for having it's been me. been fun.
0: So when we invited you to join us and shared with you that the very emphasis for this episode uh, and what it was about, uh, communicating with Clarity to invite partnership and sustain energy, wondering what came to mind and how you understand that very topic.
2: So, Greg, when you when you asked this and you sent us these questions, I kind of laughed Um because when you have clarity around your objectives, around your mission, it just makes communication that much easier. Uh, whenever I sit down and Alicia tries to drag me into writing the editor's letter for the e news, um, I try and find that inspiration. It just comes down to two things be hope filled, be honest. And what that means for me. Because we're asking that of the leaders within GOL, be hope-filled and be honest. This is two sides of a very complex coin. If I'm in a bad place or I've had a bad ministry experience or if I'm struggling or ah, COVID hits and life just is awful all around, you can still be both. You can be honest about how hard it is in ministry and how difficult of a time you're having. And you can still be hope-filled that Jesus is on the other side of it and in it with you. And so that to me, having that clarity, it makes it easier to be true and real when you're communicating to the people you support.
1: Yeah, I mean, and we communicate with clarity on the reg because we desire to invite partnership and sustain and promote energy. And engagement. So our messages are always geared toward these goals. And they always orient me as I'm working on, you know, an e-newsletter or a post on one of our social platforms, because my questions are always, what do they need to hear? And what can I say that will invite them in? So I feel like our, because we're, our objectives are really clear. It's not hard for us specifically to communicate with clarity.
0: One of the things I'm thinking about, and I even just wrote it down as I'm hearing it, is communicating with clarity. I, I, I'm wondering, one of the reasons why it's hard for us to communicate with clarity is because we're trying to do too much, which actually may be something that undercuts collaboration because collaboration trusts that we aren't the only ones doing important work. So when we're not clear on our objectives, we're actually trying to take on too much because we're actually not collaborating.
3: <laughs> and, and, and one of the things about objectives is that coming out of learning design and learning theory is that you can only have so many and you have to narrow them down and you have to decide how are you going to filter them down, which for us takes you back to that values. How do you use your values as the colander or the sifter that you're going to use to sort of narrow down your objectives, Um and that is a hard, hard thing to learn. I mean, in my journey, just with learning forte in the last four years, I remember starting thinking there was no way that I could figure out how to just have three objectives or four objectives for a quarter or a year. And now I'm like, how can I do any more than that really well? Um, and so I think that that's a, a shift too.
2: Right. That it, it, it's all interconnected. Mm-hmm. And Stacey, I think what you just said is a struggle that so many creatives have. When, when you're in a creative mindset, you have tons of ideas and you want to do so many things. And if you're truly passionate, it just bubbles out of you. And you want to do all the things that you can picture that meme, Um, I think that's why I love what you've called this, this program this offering the strategic sandbox, If you are a creative, and if you do want to do all these things, you have to have that filter. You have to have a way of saying, I'm going to do X and not Y, or you're going to get burned out and you're going to water down everything else you do. So I think that's a really important offering that you bring to the table is helping those creative leaders hone what they're being called to do in the moment and stay strategic with it.
3: And I would say that like strategic imagination for us is doing that creativity within the context, which is exactly what you all have done with GOL. As you've said, our lay leaders have a different context. Our hybrid vocation leaders um, have a different context.
0: So uh, one of the things that I'm thinking about is uh, we talk a lot about collaboration, but we, we collaborate because we're all also navigating change. Right, And in order to navigate the change, we need to broaden the scope of who we're engaging, um, to, like you said, to bring them in, uh, to bring folks in or to extend ourselves out. And it kind of goes both ways. And so in the sandbox, we talk a lot about shaping change and leading in the midst of it with intentionality and, like you said, that strategic imagination. So how has a clear communication and collaboration approach related to how you have led through and shaped change as a part of GOL? So
1: (laughs) clear communication and collaboration as we've worked through really hard things. Like an example of that is all of the meetings that like we had Haley and I and we met with you, Greg, talking about like shutting down our private Facebook page to our network. And what we wanted to do was move them over to a new platform. And so out of that desire came all of these, like, really intentional conversations where we're really weighing, you know, the benefits or the risks. We're really trying to analyze everything. I mean, every like, literally analyze using analytic tools. And so even though... We talked about it and we made the decision. We're not just going to live here forever if it's the wrong decision. So we've just started some focus groups with people within the network to talk about Mighty Networks, to talk about that migration, because really at the end of the day, it's about what they need and not whether or not the decision that we made is a decision that has to stand for all time, because that's not collaborative leadership. That's just like being a dictator. We
2: are under a Trinity
1: Wall Street grant to do X. And what we're learning is, you know what?
2: That might not be exactly what the network needs, wants, or deserves. Um, And so it feeds beautifully into our our biggest partnership, our biggest relationship, which is the Episcopal Church Foundation. Part of what we use the Mighty Networks platform for is to gather some of these amazing ideas that are happening in boots-on-the-ground ministry. Um, uh, George Hardy in Lusk, Wyoming. They do the most beautiful mustard seed dinners. They're a tiny little church in the middle of nowhere, Wyoming. He is the county's ranch veterinarian. So picture birthing cows, Dr. Pole style. And yet they have these mustard seed dinners that are one of the main nonprofit fundraisers for the county. Because there was an idea They got some funding from the diocese to start it, and now it's this very self-sustaining, perpetual—the county knows about them, and and they do really great God's work. Um, Well, G.O.L. doesn't produce things. We don't teach things. We connect those who are doing. And so we can take George's story and the story of St. George's in Lusk, Wyoming, and we can share it through ECF we can put it out through their broad channels. I mean, their, their Vestry papers newsletter reaches 40,000 church leaders, something like that. And so taking the learnings from within the network, hearing what's working for them through the platform, capturing the stories that are happening on that platform, but then working with a partner to share that innovation with the wider church. It just all kind of layers in to de-siloing, um, A lot of people who've heard of Gathering of Leaders call us the super secret, super secret society of the church. And that's just because we don't we don't produce. We don't put stuff out there. We don't teach. And so now we're able to do that by listening to the needs of the network and to the needs of the wider church and seeking those outside partners and collaborators. Um, We wouldn't be in this podcast if it wasn't for searching for outside collaborators, working with Learning Forte um, and to help support your initiatives through what we have to offer and vice versa. Uh, Yeah. So we're constantly doing this.
0: And listening to the leaders, listening to the leaders is a huge component of what you're talking about. And one of the things that we're, that I'm also thinking about is how you, in your work of collaboration and your clarity of objectives, you have to be so very careful and intentional to not allow the practice that you've discerned to replace your value. Because if you do that, that then will... Just destroy collaborative approach to leadership, and it will destroy your ability to live into your objectives. And that's what happens so often, right? A lot of us will get stuck and will flip the model as the mission, <laughs> and that that just is is no good. So, a final question we have for you all has to do a little bit um with with that very thing. As as folks who are kind of talking through this collaborative approach. Approach. Uh, what questions are you presently asking about your leadership in the midst of an increasingly hybrid world? And how, how have you incorporated any of this into your work as a leader?
1: I think for me, we're really talking right now about the best ways to encourage connectivity and really the best way to engage with our leaders outside of gatherings. Like, is that in-person gathering the intentional move that a a person is going to make inside of our network? Or are there wider virtual ways that we can bring people together? And so that's where we're really, really listening hard in our focus groups right now um, to help us make decisions about, I mean, like decisions really grounded in what the leaders are telling us they need about how we continue to engage and connect our communities online. I would layer on top of that, how we connect
2: our networks in person. Mm -hmm. Um, There is so much hybrid back and forth, you know, learning 14 is a great job of talking about digital tools, digital spaces, but ultimately relationships and human connectivity. Um, As we're growing these different networks, we've alluded to our original network. Uh, They're definitely more traditional Uh, interpretation of clergy. Now we have our bivocational, multivocational network, our lay leaders. One of the fun things we are working on right now is where's the overlap in that Venn diagram. Um, We're hearing great uh, energy within the network for an all hands-on deck gathering. What would it look like to have all of these leaders in a space, all these different kinds of leaders? If you're about connecting leaders How are you listening to what's bubbling up from those leaders in order to approach your mission Um, and and stepping away from what you think might be the best idea and listening to what they're bringing to the table? Uh, Humble yourself and you're going to get a better outcome.
0: I love that Haley, and that's a that's a great way to segue out. I remember one of the the earlier conversations we've had on the podcast is talking about the expansive inclusivity, and we've talked a lot about how when you bring folks into your collaborative work, you're not bringing them in as in like this is what we're doing, this is what's most important, but you're bringing them in so that you can actually be changed as an organization and changed in a way that improves your work and your mission because it's so deeply values aligned. So thank you for how you've shaped our conversation today about the integration of your approach to collaboration and um, objective clarity. Uh, And we're looking forward to how we can kind of bring this conversation in for at least a little bit of a landing as we talk feedback in the next episode. So thank you, Alicia and Haley.
2: Yeah, you're welcome. This has been fun.